Hello, and welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm Randy. I'm Bryce. Hello. I'm Bradley. Hello. Was that inflection as confusing as it felt like? <laughs> it was not nearly as confusing as your last inflection you did on your last episode, because That's boy, so that one threw me through a loop. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. How do you remember those things? Because <laughs> he just listened to it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, I, okay, I listened to our episodes like at least twice, if not more. <laughs> yeah, I was just oh, really yeah, trying totally to get into same. the into the vibe of the the character we're talking about, getting some weird inflections and some some poor vernacular in. So oh, I was really okay. just trying to embrace our guy. Who are you throwing uh, shade on this week, man? Yeah, it's actually actually funny enough. As much as I am throwing shade at him, it's actually the exact opposite which we'll talk about later. But uh, today, we're going to be talking about the man without a name, the legend, the man, the myth, Frankenstein's monster. I don't know if uh, you guys have ever heard of him. It's kind of hard to hear about it since he doesn't have a name. So There's like a there's like an Adam Sandler movie with him in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. Do you mean the the... Frankenstein, the monster that the mad scientist made, also had a monster? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the, the scientist, unnamed scientist, made a monster named Frankenstein, and then that monster created another monster. And it was just like, it was uh, a bunch of Russian nesting dolls, just one monster after another monster, and they just kept creating each other, and it was crazy. Oh, man, so, I'm yeah, sorry, that's... viewers. That's not at all what it is. <laughs> We're just spreading misinformation right off the bat. It's just totally, totally wrong. But no, yeah, so we're talking about Frankenstein's monster. The, like I said, mentioned really quickly, the creature that we're talking about doesn't actually have a name, never actually gets an official name in the source material. In some forms of media and other, like throughout history, some people have given it names. It's had a variety of different names. But the core original guy never actually got to have a name so he's only ever known and referred to as frankenstein's monster so kind of sad a little bit rude but sad. yeah what do you guys i'm sure you guys are relatively familiar with frankenstein's monster it's one of those things that like everybody's heard about at least somewhat like it's, it's one of the hallmarks of halloween like one of those things up there that everyone's heard about but you guys know much about him or just the name or lack thereof, oh, I suppose. Man. I mean, holy smokes, man. Like, how many different renditions of Frankenstein, like, kind of the story, has yep, there yep. been over the years? I mean, you have everything from, like, recent, though probably lesser adaptations, such as I, Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you have, like, I think Tim Burton tried his hand at uh, Frankenstein. That's a point. He did, yeah. There was yeah. also a Frankenstein movie with... um uh what's his name the guy the actor that plays harry potter and also daniel the guy radcliffe? who yeah daniel radcliffe and the guy that is uh professor x the younger professor x they're both in a movie oh uh, a frankenstein movie yeah it came out uh i think just a couple of years before i frankenstein or somewhere around the same time oh man but so, i mean yeah i feel like it's a, a horror tale kind of as old as any out there really beyond like, as old as 1818 yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know like maybe i should say it's it's just like a super classic right it's, i mean it's I'm one every... of the original horror yeah creations yeah and it's interesting is that recently i actually kind of uh got deeper into the novel the actual like source material from mary shelley herself yeah and it was a bit different than I expected. And it was honestly like really refreshing from yeah. all the other stuff I've read. I honestly like, cause yeah, I, I was in the same boat where like, yeah, there's hundreds of movies, if not more than that. And, and similarly, there's hundreds of different stories and variations on this original story. And so like, I've grown up hearing all the different versions of Frankenstein and all like the different like, classics that we know of. And then there's like, in the last several years, we've had several newer movies coming out that are like taking it in different spins. Yeah. So I grew up always kind of hearing the story, but I also like went through and re- was reading about slash reading parts of the original story. It is a really cool story. Like it is far more interesting and much more like 
diverse than I thought that the story was. Like I thought it was just like a really like cheesy old style movie or or story where like there wasn't really much complexity to it. It's actually really interesting. Yeah. More interesting than I thought it would be. Uh, yeah. So. I, I really like kind of like the the almost like maybe subvertive nature of the book, you could say. Yeah. I don't know. And I wonder I wonder how much of that is a ca- is the case because as we've as I've grown up and having read slash seen all these portrayals of the Frankenstein that we know, the original one is very, very different from the one that is in modern media now. And so yeah. I think it may be that one of the reasons why I think it's so refreshing and it's it's so different from the way I normally picture Frankenstein is because the one that we're used to is not right. It's not total it's completely different from the original source material. So I think it's probably one of the reasons why I like it so much is it's funny, the original material is completely different than the vast majority of the material out there. It's yeah. just like he kind of turned really like quickly and became a totally different character. And that has become the version of the character people know about, even though that wasn't what he initially was. Which, which is, is a cool. dang shame, honestly. Yeah, it is, it is kind of a shame because I think the original is cool. But that being said, like, to be fair to like Hollywood and the people who made movies, the original version of of the Frankenstein's monster is not all that different from like a normal person. Like he's he has some differences and he is a little bit strange, but like he is at the end of the day, he's kind of just a normal dude. And yeah. so putting him into media kind of makes it like a little bit of a boring story versus making him into like a more of a crazy extreme version of himself makes it more interesting i think so i get why they did it but the, it makes it, it makes him less of an interesting character when he doesn't have the like intelligence and all that that he does in the original story so i like i definitely understand that but at the same time i just can't shake the feeling of how much of like a kind of shame that definitely this story is almost kind of a bit buried in some ways i agree i agree but so yeah, sorry, enough uh, burying the lead and uh, just talking circles around the original book. We can, uh, well, let's actually get into some of the book and actually talk about what happens in the book for any of you who have never read the book or for those who have not read the book a long time ago and can't remember because like we said, the original story written by Mary Shelley is very different from the classic movies, shows, and depictions that we've seen now. So. We're going to actually quickly go through what happens in the original book and kind of go over the, the I don't want to say the correct story because like it's art. Everyone can make their own version of what they want the story to be. But the original way that she initially wrote the story, we're going to go through what happened in that. So firstly, uh, I want to start with in, an interesting realization to me anyway, as I was doing this research, because I totally didn't either know or remember that the name of the book is not Frankenstein's monster, which I, I don't remember if I knew that and just forgot or just totally never knew that. But the original name for this book that Mary Shelley wrote in 1818 was Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus. That was the name of the title title, of the book. I know, right? (laughs) It's like a really cool story because like the, the, that title by itself just like kind of, helps to draw the comparison between the story that is going to happen and like the main character ish being Victor Frankenstein and how he compares to the Prometheus from Greek mythology. And because Prometheus in Greek mythology for kind of a side note for people who don't know, he was yeah, a character guy. Down. <laughs> he made one of the, one of the things he did, he did more than just this, but he uh, at one point made humans out of clay to like bring life to humans. And then he also gave humans fire to like help advance their technology and help to give them the the jump forward in technology that they needed to start to build civilization. So he was actually really beneficial and kind of like the creator of human humanity. Yeah. And at least in some sections to maybe also expound upon that Mm -hmm. is that like uh, Prometheus took fire from the gods, right? Which was considered kind of like their, uh, their knowledge that they had forbidden from yeah. like humanity and he gave it to humans. And then he was like punished and essentially yeah. tortured after the rest of the gods found out for like the rest of his days. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, that actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because the, 
punishment that Prometheus has in Greek mythology isn't a one-to-one comparison to what happens to Victor Frankenstein, but Victor Frankenstein definitely suffers for the actions that he uh, goes through in this story. Like, he does not just get away from this scot-free. He suffers pretty dramatically in, in the story. So it is pretty poetic that he all that just like prometheus he also suffers for trying to i don't know if he was a it was all that altruistic of victor frankenstein what he was doing but he did create life and then suffered but so i never would have put that like two and two together there i know right the connection but just like that little bit of information right there i'm like oh my gosh there is yeah like a lot of connections that's mm-hmm. uh good on her for knowing her own story, I guess. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. It's like it's a connection that is so obvious because it's literally on the title, and yet I never put it together because I don't think I've ever heard of the original title before. I've always just heard Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I never re- registered. And then as I was doing research, I was like, oh hey, that's really cool. That's like kind of a strange title, but also like makes a lot of sense. It's totally yeah, that's kind of what Victor Frankenstein is. He is trying to be a modern-day Prometheus. So, but yeah, so let's get into the story now uh, real quickly. It's, like I said, very interesting, but very different from the classic stories uh, that we now know today. It starts out with Victor Frankenstein. He is spends about two years of his life putting together like this science experiment he's actually the entire time he's doing this hiding it in the attic of his boarding house and so like he is not the really well-off famous scientist that some of them are he's not doing this in a giant castle on a cliffside he's Mm -hmm. just he's cobbling this thing together in the attic of a house yeah very very much having to keep it secret from everyone else I think that was like one of the most surprising factors of this story was that Uh you know this isn't a mad scientist in like a story he's like I'm pretty sure Victor's like going to college at this yeah. time. And in his like college dorm or his boarding house, you know, just in his attic, he's doing <laughs> like this mad science stuff. And it's just so crazy. <laughs> he's just like, it, this is like his hobby. This is like what he does in his free time for fun because yeah. he's bored in say, class. Like, this is his like guess. dissertation or something to get his doctorate. <laughs> and he's like, I'm trying to become Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> I And that's to be fair, which again, sorry, we're going to, probably make several side tangents during this telling of the story um because i just think it's really interesting like the real world connections that were happening at the time so it's actually kind of interesting that frankenstein in the book he's doing this experiment based off of some recent discoveries in science in the book that he thought could be used to bring something back to life and that was actually based off of real world scientific discoveries that Mary Shelley was seeing in her day-to-day life. And that because oh, at that really? time there was, yeah, there was a lot of scientists that were discovering that if you put an electric pulse into dead flesh, it would react. Like the 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 muscles would contract and the body or the dead animal or whatever would move. And so they thought that that was sh- signs that the dead animal was kind of coming back to life and that they just needed to find the correct pulse the correct thing the correct situation to be able to get that thing to come back to life because like so the scientific community at this time when she was writing the book like was a hundred percent believing that this was a possibility and they were trying to like dial in what they needed to do to get this to happen Mm -hmm. so it was like this was kind of based like almost more of a sci-fi book at the time when she was writing it because it was just barely connected like it was kind of loosely connected to what was happening in the real world and was to a lot of people who were aware of what was happening almost seemed like it was based in reality where it was like i mean we are studying that so it might be this could be a reality which i think is really cool of her to write this into it where like some people actually started to think at the time that this had actually happened and this was not actually all that fake of a story so i just thought that that was really neat like the way that, she, that kind of connects to the real world i but, guess that really just kind of like brought some realism to our horror and made it all that more terrifying mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's a reason why this uh, story kind of took fire and became as popular as it is. I mean, not only is it a good story, but it's also pretty, pretty realistic, at least at the time it was. So a lot of people really like connected and loved it. So, but as we continue with the story, the super far into the story, Victor has been (laughs) spending his off hours in college deciding that he's going to decide, try to put this body back together, a a collection of a whole bunch of different dead bodies, and he's putting them together to try and recreate life. And he's pretty certain that he can do it, even though apparently nobody else has been able to figure it out, but he can do it in his attic. So he spends about two years fiddling with this. And after spending two years, actually ends up getting it to work. He finally figures it out. We don't actually see what he does in the book, but the book just kind of states like he did it. And then all of a sudden, bam, Frankenstein's monster is awake, which is kind of odd to me. Like as in depth as like uh, Full Metal Alchemist, where that tells you exactly what the human body is. No, yeah, unfortunately not. But I I think like (laughs) even in the book, like I think that the story of Frankenstein, if I remember correctly, like Victor is retelling like this entire story to somebody he met on his travels in like the Arctic, I believe. Kind of close. Yeah. And so like, as he's retelling this, he's like, you know, I I found out the secret of like how to reanimate stuff, but I'm not going to tell you because at this point in time, I feel like it's kind of like forbidden knowledge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So throughout the story. So the original story is actually told through uh, or told by, Frankenstein's monster. Um, it's told to a sailor that he kind of runs into up in the Ar- Arctic Circle um, after right, the whole story right, takes place. Right. Like the whole story's finished, and then Frankenstein's monster runs into a sailing crew up in the Arctic Circle, and so he just decides to kind of tell them this whole story. Um, but yeah, you're right in that like there was several times throughout the story that people asked how it was done, how he did it, what was done, and he refused to tell people wouldn't do it again or anything because he was afraid that if he told people how to do it or if he did it again that this monster that he created because he hated frankenstein's monster he hated this creature and he was afraid that if he created another one then they would just start to become a new species of themselves and he did not want that to be a thing so yeah yeah he he definitely multiple times was asked how to do it what to do what the secret was and every time he was like no 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 no, no. people should not be able to do this and he he heavily regretted doing or what he did in this situation so yeah kind of like once again hearkening back to the story of prometheus yeah yeah definitely and that's actually so true in that like the regret that he has for creating this creature is not like a a grown thing it's not like a not it doesn't really take a long time for it to set in in fact as soon as he creates the monster it's almost instantaneous as soon as frankenstein's monster wakes up he immediately goes oh no what have i done and he just abandons he just leaves so right off the bat frankenstein's monster has some pretty major like separation anxiety and like like abandonment issues which is pretty unfortunate for this brand new creature that has like no experience in the world immediately as soon as he's born his creator just leaves realizes what a monster he created and disappears into the wilderness and so then because of that now frankenstein's monster is just left to wander through the world with zero information zero guidance nothing after doing that for a little while he ends up stumbling upon an old like out of the way cottage that there was this old man that lived there. He, it was an old man and he had two children that lived there as well. And so Frankenstein's monster realizes, you know what? Hey, this is a place that I can settle down and people aren't going to like ridicule me or like people aren't going to attack me. So he ends up setting up shop like in the shed of this old person, old guy's cottage. And while he spends time there, he listens and eavesdrops on the old man and his life and it with as he speaks with his family members and whatnot and frankenstein's monster learns just from that how to speak perfect english like he immediately learns how to speak english very very well and becomes incredibly educated and incredibly eloquent 
in his speaking. Which he just got those good synapses, man. Yeah, apparently <laughs> he's just built literally different. And after he learns how to read, or sorry, after he learns how to speak, he then starts to ter- teach himself how to read. And he finds a journal that was kept in the pocket of a jacket that he stole from Frankenstein's Victor Frankenstein's laboratory. So he finds Victor Frankenstein's like science lab notes, and he starts to learn to read off of that. And then he also finds a couple of other books from the lab that he reads through as well. So he then starts to become a relatively well-read guy as well. Like this is very soon after he was basically born and he starts, he's now knows how to read and knows how to uh, speak very well, which is a very, very different take than the classic stories or the versions of uh, Frankenstein's monster that we're used to, because most of them, he can barely even, speak let alone read yeah. or, or like say full sentences like he can barely say one word so i think it's very interesting how different that is just right off the bat he's completely different yeah because mm-hmm. i think in like most classic like frankenstein stories you think of like a mad scientist that made this yeah. monster and then it escapes and then it goes and like terrorizes a town sometimes it has like good intentions sometimes it's just like got monstrous intentions but altogether it's just like this for lack of a better term, maybe like a dumb monster. You yeah. Know? But here, here it is, like Frankenstein's monster is basically educated at this point. Yeah, e- educated and clearly like smart enough to like not just wander into town. He knows what's going on. He's, it seems like he has like at least some amount of awareness of what the world is. He's not actually a newborn. He has some amount of prior knowledge of what's going on it seems like some of the information from his previous life kind of carried forward and he's just like yeah not necessarily actually that doesn't ever actually seem to be the case they never never really becomes part of the story but just the way that like he kind of just jumps into the world running and like has just like basic information of how the world works seems like he just like he's not a baby he knows kind of what's going on which is impressive yeah, I so. guess he didn't have to like learn how to crawl or whatever. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm thinking like the direction that most adaptations take with making him not as aware and can't talk and kind of just more like a brute. I think that is because it's easier to tell us a, a horror and scary story about an actual monster instead of like a uh-huh. basically human. Um, because if you think of like Jason, if you think of most scary movie things, it's not like it's a fully functioning human that can sit down and have a conversation with you. So it's just easier to tell a story like that. So definitely did they make the right choice? I don't know, but it it definitely makes it easier to, to to make him a monster. Absolutely. It, it, it definitely by making him less intelligent and more having more bloodlust innately in him, it takes it less from it because like if they had left it originally the way it initially would have been this movie or story is more of a moral debate and more of a like mental like exercise of what humanity is and less of oh scary monster it's trying to kill us and so like if you're trying to make a horror movie out of this making him less intelligent and more just animalistic makes a lot of sense because it's just you don't have to feel as bad you don't have to think of the ramifications of what happened if he's basically just an animal so it makes yeah. sense to me but i do like wish that we had gotten the more in- intellectual interesting version of frankenstein's monster and see what that would look like in a movie because i think that that would that's a really cool oh, thing totally. that's, yeah but that's kind of one of the reasons this is a little bit of a side note but one of the reasons why i kind of like the movie i frankenstein though it does have a lot of things very strange about that movie but that version of i frankenstein is more it, he's like basically a normal dude he's a very intelligent very smart version of of frankenstein's monster and he's really the movie's really interesting to me because of that specifically but continuing on the uh frankenstein's monster spends a while in this little shack outside of the blind man's cottage learns all he can and is just kind of living life nothing really no no worries until of course the blind man's family returns and they end up stumbling upon uh, Frankenstein's monster. Obviously, they can see where the blind man couldn't. And they 
do not like Frankenstein's monster. They assume that he's here to hurt them. They instantly react in anger and in fear, and they drive him away from their land. And Frankenstein's monster does not take this kindly. He is not yeah. pleased because he wasn't doing anything wrong in his mind. And in really, he wasn't hurting anybody. He was just kind of living. But he just completely got attacked, and he felt very hurt by people's reactions. And that just kind of brought more back to the feelings of abandonment and anger that he has for his creator, Victor Frankenstein. So he decides to track down Victor. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I also yep. think like that during this time where Frankenstein's monster is kind of like eavesdropping on the family is that mm -hmm. he like almost grows like attached to them and that he does like some nice things for them. You know, like he chops right? wood in the winter for them. And they mm -hmm. don't know it's him at the time. They just think it's like... So they just yeah, don't know God. what's happening. But uh, so he grows attached. And then when he goes to the blind father, when like the, the children are out, he goes and he like tries to confess to the father that he was like eavesdropping on them and that he wanted to be part of their family. But then the kids come back. Right. And then they're horrified seeing this like abomination kneeling in front of their father. And so like... I think at that point, Frankenstein's monster just feels like this deep sense of betrayal, you know, from yeah. like humanity as a whole. Definitely. Which is like, on one hand, yeah, on one hand, valid because, yeah, like he was doing nothing wrong, was just living his life, learned all he could from them, and then just wanted to be part of their world. And they immediately betrayed him and immediately uh, kicked him yeah. out. So on one hand, I get where he's coming from. But on the other hand, like, I wouldn't necessarily say that it was really a betrayal because that was, at the end of the day, that was just like a crazy stranger on their doorstep talking to them. So, like, yeah. I understand yeah. them not immediately reacting in the kindest way, though it was more, more of a negative reaction than just, oh, this is a stranger. It was more violent than that. But yeah, it was... I think I would be pretty horrified and probably try and attack some monster that was... Just in my house as well, you know? Yeah. Like, like you yeah. said, it's pretty understandable, but... It is understandable, but, like, I, I understand both sides of the coin is the problem. It's, like, I understand why he would be upset because he did nothing wrong, but I understand why they would be upset because this is, like, not just a stranger, but, like, stranger that is really scary looking. Not only yeah. just from visually, but he's also a big dude, which we'll talk about a little bit later, like, because I, I want to get through the story and then go through his description or the way that they describe him in the book versus in the more modern movies but he is described as being like pretty ripped like he's a big guy <laughs> so it makes sense for people to be kind of scared of him innately because like this is a guy that would totally mess you up if he need if he decided he wanted to yeah so like victor frankenstein took all the ripped dead bodies <laughs> yeah, from the cemetery man. <laughs> yeah he's digging up thousands of graves and every time he's like oh dang it this guy's too skinny i can't do that too weak there's he's no like, way I'm gonna give him one skinny arm and then one massive arm there's no way that's that's crazy gotta find another next, jacks guy yeah i'm making the next like mr olympia man like come on <laughs> if i can't win the olympics i gotta make sure my creature can yeah so <laughs> but yeah so like i get both sides of the coin but like unfortunately the monster did not take this well and he was very very hurt by their reaction and it just brought up more negative feelings and brought back to his memory how poorly his creator reacted to him and how his creator right at like right off of seeing him and interacting with him for the first time his creator immediately hated him immediately was ashamed and terrified of what he had done and just totally ran off so because of that like after that negative experience and then reliving some of that trauma again through these these people he decides that he's going to go and try and find victor frankenstein Mm -hmm. So he starts traveling now, wandering around, trying to figure out where uh, Victor Frankenstein is, trying to track him down. And in his travels, he ends up stumbling upon a young girl who was sitting near a river and ended up accidentally like, falling into the river and started to drown. V Frankenstein's monster, being the good guy that he is, decides, oh, I, I'm going to help this kid because why not? So he grabs the young girl out of the river, saves her life. And as he's walking her out of the river back to safety, several people from the town end up seeing her, one of them being the child's father. And again, 
they just immediately react and they react in the most negative way possible assume that he's trying to hurt the young girl not help and so they start shooting at frankenstein's monster and he ends up getting shot in the shoulder at that point and again he then immediately reacts negatively to that again for good reason. He just got yeah. shot for trying to help a girl's life, <laughs> save a girl's life. Yes, I mean, that one I'd makes a lot good. more sense for him to be mad. Yeah. That one is like 100% where it's like, okay, I get why he's angry. And I can't really blame him in that situation. And after that interaction, he is pissed. Like, because that's two times in a row where he's tried to interact with people and they have immediately hated him. And every interaction he's had with humanity up to this point has been complete negative. And yeah, so extremely negative. very, very. So now he, at this point, after that interaction with a child decides that he's done with humanity, hates human humanity and swears revenge on all humankind for the suffering that they've caused him. So yep. he is not happy with humans, but he's still not the like murderous rage monster that we see in the movies, because rather than like just deciding to go on a murder rampage, he again tries to find his creator Victor Frankenstein to try and track down where he is, even though he really doesn't like him because he thinks that Victor Frankenstein can solve his problems. His, the way that he thinks he can do that. He thinks if Victor Frankenstein can make him make another person like him, another Frank monster, then those two can just go off, live their lives. And although he won't like humanity, he doesn't want to be with humanity. He can just go live with his own kind and they'll be fine. So he uh, continues trying to track down his uh, creator, ends up stumbling up upon Victor Frankenstein's younger brother, William. And he doesn't know that it's his brother at first. He just kind of meets this guy, William, and then ends up finding out that this is Frankenstein's younger brother. And out of anger, he kills Victor Frankenstein's younger brother and then frames a young girl in that same household for the murder. So he's clearly relatively smart for especially compared to what like most people are used to thinking of Frankenstein's monster as because he's able to commit a murder and then cover it up and frame a girl in the house for doing the murder and then get away he totally yeah, escapes man. this dude's like a like a mastermind now so yeah he then Frankenstein's monster gets away with it scot-free and ends up tracking down Victor Frankenstein who had retreated up to the Alps and finally the monster tracks him down, finds him, and demands that Victor Frankenstein makes him a mate, makes him a wife. And finally, after a lot of threatenings to kill him if he doesn't, uh, Frankenstein or Victor Frankenstein decides, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. If you're going to kill me, then what option do I have? I suppose yes. So he agrees and he creates this creature, this female creature on a really remote island, spends a whole bunch of time again making this creature and is in the middle of, like, bringing the creature to life. Like, it is happening. It, the creature is coming to life. And then he realizes the mistake that he's making. He realizes how big of a horrible decision this is because in his mind, if he, this goes through, he's creating possibly a whole race of monsters, in his opinion, because then theoretically, if these two are able to get together, they could theoretically reproduce. And now we're going to have a whole race of this new whatever they are yeah. in the world. And he hates the idea of that. He cannot stand that. He thinks that this is like the worst thing in, hum like in possible memory. So he instead bails halfway through and pulls the ripcord, essentially, making so the uh, Frankenstein ends up not getting his wife and the creature that was, like, in the middle of being created ends up dying off. And oh. Frankenstein's monster does not take that well, of course. I don't imagine so, he would. Yeah. He takes it in a really, really strange way, though, to me. Um, the way that uh, the monster reacts, he says that rather than killing him right there, or rather than just, like, throwing Victor off the island, he gets really angry and instead says that he will be there that the Frankenstein's monster will be there and make his life a like terrible experience. And at his wedding night, he would know like the regret that he has. So 
basically just like at your wedding night i'll be there and i will make your life terrible for some reason he wants to give him a little bit more time to like i don't know have a life so that way the monster can rip it apart i suppose i guess like every like a like slasher villain you know he's got to give his victims some exactly yeah they gotta know he's coming see him coming yeah exactly so exactly in that same vein he does do that he lets victor frankenstein go and in the meantime, he tracks down Victor's best friend. His name was Henry Clever, Clevel. I don't know how to, Cleverall. <laughs> maybe, maybe he made coveralls. Yeah. Henry Coverall. He <laughs> was very um, clever as well. So. Yeah. Um, but so he tracks down Victor Frankenstein's best friend, kills that guy. I don't know what that guy ever did to deserve it, but he got killed in the process. And then Victor Frankenstein ends up getting engaged. And lo and behold, the uh frankenstein's monster tracks him down on the wedding night and kills victor frankenstein's bride-to-be on their wedding night and that yeah in the tragedy i don't know if the the monster did it himself or it was just like kind of in the the happenings but at that same time victor frankenstein's father also dies right in like on that same night so frankenstein is devastated he's completely ripped apart and he decides he wants revenge for what's happened so he starts to now track down frankenstein's monster who the the monster has now decided okay i'm good like i've finished my goal i've ruined frankenstein victor frankenstein's life and i'm just gonna peace out i'm gonna go live my life now i've made his life miserable he made my life miserable we're even so the monster just kind of decides to wander off into Siberia slash Russia for some reason. As you do. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because I, I guess so like the reason maybe why Frankenstein's monster didn't kill him outright is that he thought that was like too good for him. You know, is it he wanted like Frankenstein to feel the loneliness and kind of yeah. abandonment that he had felt maybe? That's just fair. That's yeah. No, that's that's a valid thought because like that is all that the monster has known his entire life is loneliness and abandonment. So that's a pretty valid thing for him to be like, yeah, I'm going to make you have to deal with this pain just like I do every day. So I could see that mentality of him, not necessarily wanting him to be dead, but just wanting him to be miserable. Like he, like the monster is absolutely miserable and like Mm -hmm. without any hope. Yeah. So Victor decides he's going to track down his monster and gonna get revenge for the deaths that he caused so he starts wandering out into russia following the monster they travel for miles for days out in the snow and every time like all the time the monster is able to stay just ahead of victor he's barely able to stay ahead just far enough that victor knows he's there but can't quite catch up to him and finally after wandering for a long time victor ends up dying of exposure up in the the wastelands of the arctic circle so he never ends up actually having a confrontation with victor frankenstein or the the monster and victor frankenstein never end up actually having their final confrontation victor just dies of exposure up in the snow and Mm -hmm. victor ends up getting picked up like as he's dying he gets picked up by a group of sailors and they like kind of try and take care of him but he ends up dying while he's on the ship and soon after that uh the monster ends up getting picked up by that same crew of sailors up in the the ice and that that's where the book kind of begins with him telling the story of what happened him to him in his life to this group of sailors and he's explaining who the man on their ship was and why he knew him and what happened to them and it's pretty tragic like he just kind of lays out how his life has been miserable the only people that he's known have been terrible to him and as a result, he after he finishes telling the story, he tells them that he's going to go up to the highest point of the world, up to the top of the Arctic Circle, and burn himself to death. He's going to build a funeral pyre and kill himself up there. He's and what a tragic yeah, story. Just that's all how, around. That's how the monster dies after getting revenge-ish on Victor Frankenstein. And so that's the terrible ending of story and it's so much more brutal and like more like it's more of a personal like 
tragedy than a horror movie story and yeah. i think it's really cool like the 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 story that she wrote was so sad but also like kind of relatable like it makes sense why it happens and so i think it's really cool i mean could you imagine not knowing that story but knowing modern day frankenstein stories and then someone coming out with this movie and you're like wow this is a weird adaptation they want a weird know, right? character yeah, this and is so like, different nope <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, exactly like, like it would be so different but that's the weird thing is instead it happened the other way where they she had this book and they're like okay i liked the idea of that creature but we're gonna make him completely different and yeah, everyone totally was like changing. i'm a big fan of that and the entire world just took that version of it rather than her original version which is yeah. kind of strange because i think but, like we touched on before is that's a bit easier to grasp for just like a typical like horror movie yes. is like monster bad and it's dumb and it'll hurt you if it gets close to you you know yeah but i feel like a lot of the horror from the original frankenstein comes from like victor's own personal horror of like mm-hmm. seeing what he created and just feeling yeah he's like just the absolute regret that he had yeah. throughout all points of the story. Right, know, I mean, just... feel, he feels responsible for all of this. Like he does. Yeah. The, the the regret of what he feels like was the biggest mistake of creating, which I feel like was not super valid. But to him, he created a monster, and now he's released this horrible creature on the world, and he feels so terrible for it. Like it just makes sense why he feel yeah. For for his the way that he views it, it makes sense why he does the things that he does. Like he thinks that the first creature was the biggest mistake ever, and then the possibility of having more of them, he's like, no, 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 I will risk my life. I will. Like, at first, he was gonna be selfish and like, no, 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 I'm just gonna create you a wife, and then like that's fine as long as I get to live. And then as he was thinking about it, and as he was going through the process, he realized, no, 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 this is I can't let this happen. Like this is not okay. I can't let these creatures loose on the world and i will die to make sure that that doesn't happen ends up that that isn't the punishment that he experiences but that was what he was willing to do is he was willing to let himself get killed by his creation as long as it didn't mean that they spread so it's crazy to me but that being said like we like we've mentioned throughout this episode he the the Frankenstein's monster is not the terrible, horrible monster, terrible like bane of all humanity, like it is kind of made to look like in the movies slash described in a lot of other media. And the way that Mary Shelley describes it, he's actually like really normal, which is was wild to me. He is like really tall. Or... Yeah. Oh yeah. In in appearance and everything. Like he's a normal dude. Like so the way she describes him is she describes him as being eight feet tall. So yeah, he's tall. He's a big guy. Yeah, that's pretty exceptional. <laughs> he's a really big guy, but she describes him as a tall creature with hideous contrasts and an, and very emotional. What are you so, trying to say, man? Everybody by hideous contrasts, I, mean, I, I definitely kind of, got the emotional part about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. Like just his reactions to things just were whether valid or not that's a whole different conversation but like whatever happened he sees a girl drowning zero thought saving her or you know someone killing his wife oh i'm gonna do the most extravagant thing to make sure that it's you know everything he did was just definitely the most emotional response so yeah i i definitely saw that (laughs) Uh uh-huh definitely like and that's valid because again remembering like this is his like fourth day on planet earth essentially like yeah. he's a newborn or new creature with relatively zero life experience so like it makes sense where like he is a very emotional creature with very heavy like swings in the way he views the world like he doesn't view the world in very like gray areas because he's only had extremes to deal with so it makes sense why he is that way um and then the way that she also describes i think is interesting she describes him visually as being of hideous contrasts meaning like so the way she describes it is he's really good looking but also really bad looking at the same time apparently so um yeah so he has his limbs are all proportional he's very well proportioned he's not like oddly shaped he doesn't have one arm that's longer than the other like everything is good and he the 
way that she describes it is that his features are beautiful. Unfortunately, he also has yellow skin, but she describes it as having yellow skin that barely covers up the muscles and arteries underneath of him. So he is freaking ripped. I I wouldn't think that's very conventionally beautiful as having your muscles just kind of out there. (laughs) No, but this guy is ripped, like humongously ripped, but like to the point where it seems like it's a little bit comical, maybe. I don't, yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know if it's comical or a little disgusting. Smaller than his his body, so it looks disgusting. I I don't, I don't, I wouldn't consider that comical. It's it's just kind of gross. Yeah, it's he's he's I'm thinking like to uh, to the point of like absurdity, like beyond Um, the rock, where it's like, all right, like that's oh, so it's like too strong. Yeah, yeah, that Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith movie, uh. Men in Black, you know the the bug oh, guy yeah, that yeah. wears a human suit. That's exactly what I'm thinking. It's like yeah. too small for him. <laughs> kind of, but that's the thing. Uh, so it's funny you bring that that up. Is although he is like super jacked and like his skin is like barely covering the muscles that he has, he's also described as being incredibly uh, limber and very uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm flexible. He's very flexible. Mm, yeah. So like he's not gross. yeah so he's not like you know in the movies every time you see uh frankenstein's monster he's like barely able to walk and he's like really yeah. stiff-legged and like like jittering very, around like, like yeah very mummy like no, no no in the original story he was very much like very like flexible circadily soleil whatever that thing is called i don't know if he's necessarily bending in half but i think he's like <laughs> okay that's, really like, that's exactly what yeah. i was thinking of i think yeah. it's just more so that like he's like more more uh flexible and or more uh what's the word i'm looking for like kind of like elf like in that he's like very uh ginger and and and, uh like limber yeah the limber is the only word i could think of but that's not really the the perfect word he does yoga on the weekends is what you're saying (laughs) yeah but like he's he is very flexible and very proportional in the way that he moves like he doesn't feel like he's like out of whack he doesn't feel like he's like just learning to walk he's very elegant in the way that he moves I'm which is like very a, different a noodle from... man that's like doing <laughs> just walking on his hands and flipping around yeah i think elegant maybe be maybe a good way to describe it at least the way okay. the way that she it seems like she's meaning it i think elegant is a good way like he moves very gracefully not like a like a guy a bug in a human suit like from oh. men in black so. <laughs> it's not like jittery or anything no yeah he's very yeah. flexible very very smooth in his movements i keep saying flexible but that's not it is what she how she describes it but smooth in his movements is a good way to describe it so yeah, if i was in his body i think i would be constantly paranoid about just like tearing my skin off <laughs> at the same time super ripped and also very flexible <laughs> I mean, I mean, they aren't mutually exclusive. You can be jacked and also be flexible. You just got to work on your stretches. You got to stretch out after you work out. Yeah. So, and I, I'm not uh, sure if you're going to talk about it or if we have. And I was not going to talk it, about it. But was is he considered undead or is he considered just alive and just brought back, like a resurrection kind of thing, or is he like a completely she... How how is he described? Mary Shelley never really goes goes into that all that much. She doesn't really get into the philosoph- uh, philosophical repercussions of what he is and what could possibly be from him. Um, so I don't really know the answer to that. It, it does seem like the way that she writes the book, it, it alludes to the fact that he could reproduce and he could like, be, like he is now just like his own thing, his own species that if he had another of his kind, could just continue to live and reproduce so i would say he's probably not undead alive yeah exactly so that's where like i would assume he's not undead because of that but i mean i don't know maybe we can go into the whole twilight thing that doesn't make any sense exactly yeah but you know it's whatever who's to say i don't know but that's the way that she describes it the way that the book is written it seems like that that's she's considering it a different thing not like a zombie so and and that just goes to show the way like the way that she writes it clearly is she thinks of him as like a very intelligent very uh elegant smart learned 
creature, not a dumb animal, undead monster. Like, although they Zombie. call him a monster, he's not an undead, mindless creature. Like, he is just a guy, just like a, a really, a really buff, really tall guy. <laughs> so, the way that she writes it is very different from the undead monstrosity that it's portrayed later on. So, yeah, it was both is, attractive and so not attractive. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but so to continue on, he also, could, with these beautiful, uh qualities he has he also has lustrous black hair flowing black hair even as she writes the way she describes it so he's got some good hair great hair as well yeah and also the whitest of teeth this guy's got it all he's buff he's got great hair great teeth he's flexible like guy is built i mean yeah he is yellow skin but amazing otherwise um no chance (laughs) i know He's eight feet tall. Like, yeah, there's nothing you can do. Um, I wonder if it's like uh, Frankenstein or Victor, like, took, like, tried to make the perfect human. And, right. like, in doing so, it was just, like, maybe a little bit too uncanny or, like, too, maybe. like, strange in the way it's that it, like, moved, you know? Perhaps. And, and that's, to be fair, like, there are some things that were not on the quite perfect level as the, the other qualities of his. So, as I mentioned in the beginning, she was the way she described him uh, was in hideous contrasts. So he had really good qualities, but also had really bad qualities. One of those was the fact that his skin was yellow, and so it looked like he was like clearly not doing well. He was clearly unhealthy, or at least that's what the look. Exactly, yeah. Looks like his livers are falling apart. Looks (laughs) like his livers are dying. Uh, But on top of that, he also his eyes are described as being like very like watery like milky white like the way she describes it is as they're the color of a a done white sock so like they're like kind of a gross Mm. like white color like a vanilla like a manila yeah (laughs) yeah which like that's kind of that's what a person's eyes look like after they've died like when someone's eyes die or someone when someone dies their eyes kind of like get really cloudy and they they kind of become a whitish color to them so that makes sense because he's a previously dead body his eyes would still be that weird like cloudy white color they, they his eyes just never recovered he's they stayed that way so to people looking at him that would look really weird and he would have like he would his eyes would look really bad really strange so he also had uh straight shriveled a sh- sorry a shriveled complexion and straight black lips so th- those were I mean, some of the other qualities that weren't the greatest to look at he's, he's to just goth people. it's fine yeah <laughs> there you go he's he's starting the goth early yes sir oh, starting man. the trend he never has to worry about his lipstick being smeared i'm kind of jealous <laughs> yeah right this is crazy that's incredible what a what a blessing he has he doesn't even know it <laughs> he thinks he's he thinks he's cursed turns out all the goth kids in the world are like what what can i do how do i get that to happen actually like like do i do i need to die like <laughs> yeah but so that's uh that, those are the negative uh portrayals or, or aspects of him and then interestingly in the early stages of his like portrayal when like they had a couple of plays of the uh book he was also dressed in a toga in those plays and they had his skin being like a pale blue rather than a yellow which was strange hmm, but it was kind of cool yeah yeah but that kind of makes sense from like I guess people assume like lack of oxygen, you kind of turn blue, so maybe that was why. But and then lastly, like I mentioned earlier, he never actually got a name, and instead, throughout the entire book, Victor Frankenstein and others only ever refer to him by like titles or or like other kind of subnames. So they call him creature or a fiend, a specter, a demon, a wretch, a devil, just a thing, a being, or an mm-hmm. ogre. Yeah, they're so, mad disrespect. In it. They're Come so on, no. rude, so cruel. But they never, ever give him an official name. He kind of tries to give himself a name-ish. Uh, but when he speaks to, right after he's created, he speaks to Victor. And he says, because he's the first of his kind, and he is uh, Victor's creation, that Victor should name him Adam. Because he is the first Aww. of his kind. And uh, 
Victor does not like that thought process. I, I don't know if that was right after he was created or later when he meets up with him again. I can't remember. I think it's actually later when he yeah, meets I, I later. Might be a bit later. I think but, also something that was pretty interesting was that during the time when Frankenstein's monster was like uh, eavesdropping on that family, right? I also read some books, and one of those books I think was like Paradise Lost. Yes. Which, uh, yeah, like I don't think we have time to give a summary of that or anything. No, no. To just basically kind of say is that uh, like Frankenstein's monster kind of. Uh, I guess empathized with the devil in that story in which he's like, you know, like God created the devil, but then he still cast out the devil. So like you created me like Frankenstein, but you like cast me out. Like you auto like right. relish your creation, but instead you like, deep, despise it and deep. hate it. Yeah. He was, he was a very thoughtful, like introspective creature. Like he had a lot that he went through in the small time that he was alive and it is really cool to hear like how he spent so much time just like thinking of just what life like what is the meaning of life and he just like went down that rabbit hole which i mm. try to avoid at all costs but he was really <laughs> interested in it oh man I, I think he had just like so much time for self-reflection yeah, you know? yeah. literally nothing else to do <laughs> nothing but time so um but every yeah single philosopher of all time yeah, so sure. <laughs> I got nothing but. Um, but that was the interesting way that, like, I think people initially the way that he was described was like a really beautiful creature and a really nice guy. Like he, I mean, he had some pretty odd aspects. He had some strange quirks to him, but relatively, he was a pretty good-looking guy. And so that's where I think it's so strange later on after the after the plays when he started getting adapted into live action movies that he completely changed. He made a huge twist. And my, in doing this research, my question was like, how did that change happen? Like he's so different in the movies compared to what we see in the book. So I did a little bit of uh, research. Turns out the way the, the place that this new version of Frankenstein comes from is the director of the movie, the first Frankenstein movie uh, that was like, black and white way back in the day the one that like, everyone's used to where he's got like the bolts in his neck and his like flat head and like, like his like, zombie type dude yeah it looks like a zombie he's got like a really like angular face that original version that depiction was drawn by the director's daughter who the director thought that his daughter was psychic and she had that <laughs> image come to her in a dream oh and then she drew gosh. it from a dream and so he thought that that was what the frankenstein's monster needed to be so they he changed what the book was supposed like describes and instead made it this flat-headed like goofy like wispy black hair like in a bowl cut kind of shape with bolts in his neck and that was how frankenstein got like the look that he had but he was still like the green color still doesn't really make sense either to me and so that's where I went down another rabbit hole and found out that the reason he was green or that he has become green now is because back in the day when they were filming in black and white, it was, it was kind of hard, especially with people having different skin colors and skin uh, complexions to get like a consistent coloring for the actors. And it was like hard to tell and really make a differentiation between normal human characters and what he was trying to depict as this monster character. And so what they would do for the actors is they would actually paint the actor's skin different colors so that way they would like stand out in the black and white. So like if they wanted someone to be more pale, oh. they would paint them a color. So that way in the, when the black and white film was developed, that person would see more pale. Like they were actually painted like a bright yellow, but in the black and white, they just looked more white. And so because of that, they wanted Frankenstein's monster to be a really pale white color. Like he was like dead. So they painted him green that way in the, the film, he just looked really pale. The oh, problem is, is there was a bunch of people who saw like obviously they were on set and were describing him there was also pictures that were taken and drawn of the set and in all of these pictures that were included Frankenstein was green because everyone was on set seeing him as green so then in the official like colorized movie poster for that movie they made him a bright green color because in real i mean 
in the movie he's not going to be colored obviously but they assumed that the picked the color that he was supposed to be was what the actor was walking around in which was a bright green so the movie poster had a bright green version of frankenstein's monster on it and so everyone was like oh okay like in the movie he's black and white but i guess we'll make him green in every other version so is this and that's how like he became the original green screen <laughs> i don't <laughs> oh, i mean got him. I don't kind know of, exactly I guess. Up, but I can kind of see some similarities. I think, but... uh, yeah, it, it definitely was. They were using green, not necessarily for the same reason or for the, for the same result that we do now, but it was, they were using green for a similar reason in but that like green is first... a very strange color. It is a very bright color that stands out opposed to everything else. So they can use it to make it look distinct. Whereas now we do it because we use green screens because it's such a distinct color. Nothing really else is green. So it's easy to cut out. They used green because it's so distinct that it'll make him look different. So yeah. makes but sense. And yeah, I guess it kind of is a green screen-ish. Each use to achieve a different uh, kind of photo effect. Yeah, for sure. And uh, a little bit of a side note that I wanted to mention, but I think it's neat. Uh, that's actually part of where the inspiration for a bunch of different fictional creatures, but specifically the Hulk came from is from huh. the original Frankenstein, Frankenstein. yeah because he was a big brutish green guy and they were like yo that sounds like a great creature to make a superhero and then they made the hulk and that's why Man, he's wow. green how the hulk could have looked so different if they i know he would have been like a weird pale yellow i was gonna say he would have looked like a, a beautiful ugly man like, <laughs> with long black hair and huge muscles <laughs> yeah <laughs> what a different creature that would have been. Could you see? Could you imagine Hulk running around with a man bun? It'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I'd love this so much. I want that version of reality. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, the <clears throat> way that they d- described him in the book compared to the way that he, he was described. Like, or like he ended up becoming in movies, which I think is really neat. But I think uh, that is pretty much the end of today's episode there's a whole ton more that i'd love to get into about like the because there's so many things that are different in the books than based off of the movies and as time has progressed movies have taken more and more creative liberties and changed things more and more and more great example of that look at the movie i frankenstein which other than having a creature named frankenstein's monster is completely different is has no story that is even remotely close it takes a lot it's, of creative liberties. It I guess is he's not green lot. in that story. You know, he's he not. He kind of yeah. looks like more like a regular dude. So Yeah, maybe. that is actually one of the things that like he is, that version of Frankenstein is probably the closest to the original version at, than anything else because he's just like a normal dude. And he, even in that movie. To. Yeah, they probably weren't trying. But he does look kind of like the most like the original is supposed to be. He even has long hair for a little while until he cuts it. So like it kind of makes sense but other than that that movie is completely very different from the original story but like there are as time has gone on there's been more and more things added more and more things changed in the story and it become it has become so different from the original but i think it's i, I think the changed versions are very cool and i think the, the the ways that they've changed the story is cool but i also really really enjoyed the original story and the ways that they the way that she wrote it kind of like connecting to the real world but also being different enough to be a very interesting story about humanity and the way that humans kind of treat each other and and other creatures i think it's really neat it's very very deep book that i have always just associated as being a cheap horror movie yeah very (laughs) self-reflective like i i do think that I, i didn't watch too much of it but the show uh penny dreadful i think yes kind of a pretty decent yes. uh, adaptation of uh frankenstein kind of that story works it into like its grander story mm-hmm. yeah i have i've also not seen that show i've not seen it at all uh but in as i was researching i've have heard that that a frankenstein is in that show but also that he was actually a relatively true adaptation like a very cool look at the uh creature which i think is neat kind of made me want to go and watch that show now no, I don't know what where to watch it on, but I think it, it was on Netflix neat. last time I checked. Oh, but is it? That was okay. a while ago. So yeah. don't quote me. Well, I'll see if I can find it. Maybe, maybe I'll add that to my watch list eventually. But I think that will do it for us this week with the uh, 
looking into the original story of uh, Frankenstein for this Halloween season. Because I think, yes. uh, again, he's he's Second one of those, song. yeah, one of those, like, hallmark, the pillars of the the Halloween world that just deserves a little bit more time in the sunlight in the in the spotlight so i wanted to uh kind of experience what he initially was in the way he was originally wrote and then kind of be able to see how it, how different he's become over the years so anything you guys would like to uh last concluding thoughts of Fing- frankenstein before we uh finish out today no i i think that was like just a super like eye-opening honestly like i, I knew yeah. a fair amount but at the same time just surprised me more and more definitely definitely no nothing like super more to add um i just think it's very cool just every single week i'm like man i think i i know a little bit of frankenstein you think you know a guy i really don't you don't know that guy that's (laughs) but yeah uh just uh also remember to check us out on twitter at vanquisher's guide and also on our tiktok yeah, Got some great content there as well. If you uh, would like to share it with somebody you know, with a friend who's uh, share it with someone who is a big fan of Halloween, we're in the Halloween spirit. Now is the time, if there is ever any, to get into the Halloween spirit of monsters and creatures like that. So if you want to share it with someone like that, we'd love to he- have it. So yeah, and if you're a guy with very long, luscious black guy. hair. And that is very humongously ripped. jacked. Yeah. And flexible as well. Maybe <laughs> you can be a Frankenstein's monster yeah. crawling, you know? There you go. And if you're if you're eight feet tall, that's just yeah. icing on the cake. Need that too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that'll do it for this week. And we'll catch you next week with another episode in the Halloween saga that we've got going on this month.